0: Working side-by-side with Professor Trevor Bruttenholm, his father figure and leader of the top-secret Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense, the Infernal Avenger and humankind's unlikely defender, Hellboy, crosses paths with a familiar old adversary bent on revenge. Against the backdrop of a dreadful threat by the defeated evil sorceress and eternal Queen of Blood Nimue, a double-crossed Hellboy, along with the psychic fellow agent Alice Monaghan and the battle-scarred operative Major Ben Damio, embark on a dangerous quest to thwart the witch's dark plans and to avert the end of the world. Now, the troubled hornless demon has to pick sides and realize his full potential. However, is Hellboy indeed one of the good guys? Ciao my people, and welcome to our 78th episode of Happiness and Darkness, the superhero movie podcast, where we discuss superhero movies from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, and more. If it came from a comic and had theatrical release, you know we'll discuss it. Naturally, there will be spoilers, folks, so you have been warned. I'm one of your co-hosts, DJ Nick, and today we'll be discussing Hellboy. And with me today to discuss this latest reboot of one of Dark Horse's flagship characters is returning guest co-host, the one and only Jamie Burns. Hey Jamie, how you doing?
1: Hello Nick, thanks for inviting me back. I didn't think you'd let me out the cage to come back on, but hey... I'm
0: back! <laughs> well, we're very, very happy to have you back, Jim. It's always a joy talking to you. So, today, of course, we are discussing Hellboy from 2019, directed by Neil Marshall, whom our listeners might know from Dog Soldiers, The Descent, and recent- recently The Reckoning. The screenplay was by Andrew Cosby, and the original score was by Benjamin Woolfish. And listen an to put in today's money, this movie cost $51 million to make and made $56 million at the box office. So not great as it returns let's say so when it comes to this film you know which i know you you watched recently what were your initial thoughts on this uh, new hellboy movie well you know
1: my views on hellboy one and two i mm-hmm. absolutely love them and when they initially uh announced this one i was a bit like oh really but then they showed you a picture of uh, the star dressed as um as hellboy and i was thinking do you know why he looks really quite good in that, and um, and I was quite yeah okay let, let's go for it let's see what it's like and uh, I did pay to see I did pay to see this at the cinema because I was like well, another <laughs> Hellboy let's go for it. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, I, I sort of enjoyed it, you know. Uh, uh, David Arbor was it was quite good as uh, as uh, Hellboy, but um, it's do you know it's I don't think it will stand up to the test of time. Absolutely. No, no, no. Definitely.
0: Well, in fact, as I remember you had, you know, very strong opinions on this, this one in particular, and I will say this, you know, to to, to me, the true spirit and heart of Hellboy on screen are, like you feel, the two Del, Del Toro, Toro films, and I remember watching this for the first time, and just finding it way over the top, and such a major departure from what Del Toro had given us, as those films were very much, you know, pervaded with that wonder of the creatures that inhabit the world, and yeah. you do get this a lot with the, the, the Del Toro films, you know, from Pan's the Shape of Water, like we'd actually talked about when we discussed The Golden Army. And that said, I tried to go into the rewatch of this with a more open mind. And if you did re- disregard what Del Toro had given us it's actually very much a Friday night popcorn movie with a bit, quite a bit of blood and gore. And if you watch it with that spirit, it can be, I suppose, enjoyable in its cheesiness, but mm. it isn't, it isn't a patch on, on the, the first two hellboys. I will yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, considering
1: that this one is an R rating, isn't it? Yes. Um, and the other two weren't. but, um, I suppose like in the comic book and, uh, the animated, uh, series, you know, they mm. are, Kind of quite gory, um, but this this could have been the same film without being an R-rated.
0: Yes, very true. Very true. But I mean, uh, and uh, I, I, it's, it's odd. I just wonder why they decided to just do this. Oh, we're going to go super extreme and show, you know, all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it was it was definitely over the top for sure. So let's get to our players on the board, starting with our titular character, whom you actually mentioned, David Harbour as Hellboy, who our listeners might know from Brokeback Mountain, Suicide Suicide Squad. He will be appearing in Black Widow. And of course, most folks know him from Stranger Things. So when it came to our new Hellboy, you know, coming off of Ron Perlman's two films, what did you make of this new Hellboy? Um, he tried
1: his best. Mm-hmm. Um, he took Hellboy into a different, uh, um, you know, different kind of way. Um, physically, sometimes I couldn't, I couldn't think, is, is Hellboy just fat? Or is it the way the, the bodysuit is on him? I don't know if he, he... Like I said before, you know, they did the this photo. And I thought, God, he, he's been working out. But they can do a lot with prosthetics nowadays. Yes. And he, he was quite a chubby guy in mm-hmm. uh, Strange Things. And wasn't this filmed in between um, Strange Things uh, 1 and 2, maybe? Or maybe 2 and 3? Yes. Um, so, he, you know, he is still... Got the poundage on him here. You know, perhaps, uh, perhaps all that time in the uh, spoilers, Russian prison from <laughs> Stranger Things to Three to Four, uh, will probably take the pounds off him. But, um, I, I, I did like the way he portrayed Hellboy. Um, he, he tried his best, you know. What I mean, there were certain bits of it the way you could tell that he was sort of trying to channel uh, the original Hellboy into him, you know what I mean. Mm. But, um, I don't know, there was. I, Uh, It's a bit hard. Do you you know what the thing is? We know his his right hand as well. Um, I'm always sort of like watching how they interact with the scenery. And I was thinking with uh, the Toro's original Hellboy 1 and 2 with Ron Perlman, um, you can understand that sometimes, you know, he, he uses the cuff to lift himself out because the the hand's not um, moving. They, they only do it when it they need to move it. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I thought the the, the, the time between Hellboy 2 and this new Hellboy, I thought they, they would probably get that more like so it works like a real hand. And certain bits they did, but you could still tell it was just he's got his hand up a glove. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yes. I, 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 no, no, no. But I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that... It, uh, yeah, and it looked very long. It looked really long. Mm, it's true. It's true. I mean, I, I think the prosthetics there were a little bit hit and miss and were a little bit odd. I, I agree with him. It is a very much a different take from Perlman's Hellboy, whom we of course had seen in the, the the total movies. is here, rather than that kind of overgrown kid with the more almost naive and childlike heart, I very much got the impression of an, an almost an amalgamation of a personality from of a WWE wrestler meets Metalhead meets Rebellious Teenager meets Party Animal. That's pretty much the impression I got. I think you just wrote the film there. It starts, <laughs> he's going into a wrestling match, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. He does come off as almost jaded in what he does and, you know, not possibly as enthusiastic about kind of taking on the missions for the BPRD. And is kind of more at odds with his dad compared to the Del Toro films. Hence, that's why I got the, the idea of the rebellious teenager. And I don't think he wants to belong in the human world. But moreover, he gets it, wants acceptance for who he is and not to be shunned. And he's, I think he's very much more explosive in his emotions compared to Perlman's. And I do believe really questions himself on what he's, what he's doing as good or as bad when it comes to hunting these so-called monsters. While at the same time, I think he's having to deal with the prophetic future. Obviously, that he will someday bring about the apocalypse or end times. But compared to Perlman and Del Toro, I think here it's more about in attacking the different, should we possibly try to understand it before we attack it? And we see, I think how he begins to question also the motives of the BPRD and the fact that he almost feels used by this Mm -hmm. organization as a weapon rather than being accepted for who he is. Though by movie's end, he did seem to have embraced both sides of him. And this film does have that theme of struggling with the beast within, if you will, as we will see another character whom we will be discussing. So, yeah, that's the thing. I just felt that he was just more explosive and just more teenager-like compared to maybe that, as I said, that innocence that Perlman had. So I, I kind of missed that, uh, to be honest Yeah.
1: you. Um, also, Perlman, um, his Hellboy, had um, Ape Sapien to, to bounce off. So those mm. two working as a team was really, really good. And uh, we'll probably get into it. In this yeah. film, it was him with two others, and there was just no chemistry there whatsoever. <laughs> Nothing. not I me.
0: True. It was, it was an odd pairing, and we will, of course, get to those folks. But first, let's get to Hellboy's father, Ian McShane, as Professor Trevor Broom Bruttenholm, whom our listeners, will probably know for tons of things. He's been in Deadwood, American Gods, uh, done the voice in Kung-, Kung Fu Panda, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, and also the John Wick movies. So we, of course, had had a fantastic actor like John Hurt at the time. What did you make of Ian McShane? professor broom
1: i really did like ian mcshane in this uh portrayal of him, um, and you know i didn't i didn't want to see him go because i know how the and the, the story is that uh, that he will lose his father but, uh, but i really i thought to myself let's just keep him for one more because it's ian mcshane ian mcshane keep him in the movie and he was just great and i tell you what i wish there was more ian mcshane on the internet because he was very much like get over it you know what i mean <laughs> grow up you know what i mean get some balls and get over it i liked him i really did like ian machine as, as his dad and um the the beginning bit it seemed did you notice at the beginning of the film they sort of like replayed hellboy one but slightly with a different ending where they yes got of, with uh got rid of rasputin but um um,
0: I did like
1: I really like him, Machine as
0: as his dad. Yeah, it's really mm. good. I mean, I have to admit, you know, Professor Broom will always be Sir John Hertz to me. But and this mm. is once again a very different portrayal, you know, obviously compared to the very kindly and wizened father figure Sir John had given us. Is, you know, one here we get the concept that he ages slower because of this seance that they had at the Osiris Club. And add to that, he's much more like you were pointing out of a tough love kind of father Mm. rather than the more loving, patient and attentive one. And As he, I think, rather than trying to sympathize with the quandaries and conundrums his son is going through, he's all about the mission and getting it done. So he's very much an all kind of business character. I mean, I do believe he loves Hellboy in his own way but it's possibly maybe emotionally stunted as mm. for the most part, he seems rather tired of his son's antics and is mainly there to keep him focused on the task at hand. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is Ian McShane and I love his, the dry wit and humor that comes with that. But there were times where I did miss that more of a bedside manner that our professor Broom had a previous professor Broom had had. This relationship seemed a little bit more strained, you know, and you mm. literally felt like, felt like, this is a son who is going to a business with his dad, and that is just what it is. But I suppose yeah. the toughness he puts in does somewhat fit with the Hellboy we have. I guess it works with uh, with um, David Harbour's uh, Hellboy at the end of the day. Yeah, um, Ian McShane's
1: uh, broom came more like um, you could tell he was like perhaps ex SAS, mm. uh, an army guy, uh, where. Where uh, John Hurt, Sir John Hurt, was more of a, a professor. You could believe he was a, a professor of the dark arts. You know what I mean? Mm. Where you know, if you had them two standing in front of you, Ian McShane or or uh, Sir John Hurt, who would you go through for your for your dark arts? It certainly, would be Ian McShane. It'd be exactly. Ian McShane that you would send out to kick ass and take names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, no yeah. surprise he plays an amazing black beard in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly is one of the, actually one of the best parts of that movie. Um, so, from a harder-nosed character to possibly a more sympathetic character, let's look at uh, another character she introduced in this film, Sasha Lane as Alice Monahan, whom our listeners might know for American Honey, and will be appearing. We don't know what she, what her role will be in the upcoming TV show Loki. Oh. So, when it came to, to Alice Monahan, this the character of Alice. Uh, what did you make of her, Jamie? Awful really awful.
1: yeah absolutely awful i was watching it thinking who uh, what part of england does she come from because obviously she's got the worst cockney accent apart from um the great uh, dick van dykes uh, cockney <laughs> accent Where, so i had to google it i was thinking who is she so i looked and she, she was born in texas she wasn't even english right yes. and she's trying to do this english accent and well, I, I was thinking, uh, I've seen I've seen a six year old on Emmerdale Farm do better acting than she does in this film. Appalling. I hate to say it. <laughs> I did not like her in this film. Every time she, I thought they were, were going to kill her off, I was going to go, finally. You know what I mean? But uh, she kept, the, the only good thing about it is she could puke up dead spirits. Yeah. Well done for acting, love.
0: Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, speaking actually of that, of the copping up the dead spirits, you know, you being, of course, uh, should we say, ghouls and ghosties being your bread and butter when it comes yeah. to podcasting. What did you make of all that? Did you like that effect and that we got this, shall we say, um, you know, sensitive or shall we say this kind of person who can speak to the dead? I love, do you know that there was... That is one
1: bit I really did like. How she could touch it and touch the dead body and sort of spill out the 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 essence of the of the creature of the, the ghost through like bile and guts and stuff like this mm. and start speaking. Loved it because it reminded me of another fantastic horror film from the eighties, Poltergeist Two, where um, where uh, the dad swallows a bottle of well, he's drinking tequila and the little worm inside it and he drinks it and then the worm slowly grows and pours out of his mouth and gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's got a face on it and then it drops and then it turns into that evil priest oh yeah i loved it that's the, i did <laughs> love that transformation i love i really did like that i'm trying to think what other i've seen that kind of thing in another film but i can't think what mm. but Um, If I remember rightly, I have seen some old uh, 1920s or maybe, you know, 40s of early spiritualism uh, photos or drawings and they sort of drawn the spirit coming out of the mouth into a body form and talking. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah.
0: Right. So I guess so. No love for, for Sasha Lane, however. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I guess I guess we'll see what she does when it comes to Loki. Hopefully she doesn't play a British character in Loki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that said, um, you know, when 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 I introduced her, I, I kind of said she's possibly the most sympathetic character when it comes to Hellboy campers. Though it does seem everybody is out to kill Hellboy for some reason or another, yep. mainly because of his destiny of bringing about the apocalypse. I think she's mainly messing with him. I mean, I would almost consider her like a stand in for the character of Liz Sherman. We you know obviously in this case though, without having the whole love interest concept, which probably would have been very weird and uncomfortable in this case Alice seems a, quite a bit younger than, uh, than Hellboy, should we say? And yeah. even though in the comics, Alice and Hellboy do hook up. So they roughly, you know, should would say more in, she's more in the age range of Liz Sherman in the comics. I do feel though, that for the most part, she's somewhat the moral compass in this and some support system as she really seems to be the character that Hellboy cares about the most outside of his father. And I kind of got that very much that older brother, younger sister vibe going on between mm. the two of them, you know, and just how they interact as Though they may take digs at each other, I think they generally do care about each other. At the end of the day, it is Alice who steers Hellboy back onto the right path when he's torn between fulfilling his destiny and defying it. Granted, she does channel Professor Broom's spirit, but she does play an integral part in that. I did enjoy this character, though, you know, because she's very much that take-no-guff and tough girl who has the pretty cool power once developed and. I love how defiant she is of everybody and how in her own way she's protective of Hellboy. But I will agree with you. The accents did not sit right with me. I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> this girl is a nat- it can't be a native Brit. And no surprise, <laughs> she's a Texan.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Um, if I'd, if they generally got a proper Brit and there was some there is some fantastic actresses out there that um, that could. I don't know. Do you know how they usually do test screen? They test the the chemistry between the two actors, you know what I mean? But it didn't seem to me there were any chemistries there because basically she just kept going around saying, You owe me 300 quid or you owe me blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, Oh God, Dick Van Dyke all over again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well said. (laughs) So before we actually get to the villains, uh, Jamie, let's look at the last of Hellboy's allies here. We have, of course, Daniel Day Kim as Ben Damio, who, once again, has been in tons of things. Our listeners might know him from Lost, Hawaii Five-0, and he's, of course, made appearances in Spider-Man 2 and Hulk. And he's mm. currently the producer behind the TV show The Good Doctor. So what were your thoughts on, on this other new character that we hadn't seen in the previous movies, this is Ben Damio? Mm. Uh, absolutely didn't like this one either. Where did oh. he get his coaching for his English
1: accent? <laughs> My God. You know, I, I was just looking up IMDB for the for the uh, for the English coach, you know, for languages coach on it. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to mm-hmm. send him a letter because whoever <laughs> come and went, hey, we've got these t- talking proper English. And everyone's gone. Hey, that sounds like English. Con- considering who's directed it. Neil Marshall, who's from England and he yes. actually went with, them. <laughs> went with them. Yeah. Yeah. Can't tell the difference what <laughs> right I, can't, I just it just boggled me how this guy's trying to pull off an english but he's trying to pull off a, a, a proper aristocrat sort of accent you know what i mean it's supposed to be like that All right and his transformation into a leopard right I, um i just thought y- you could see how um they've sort of watched american wealth in london and gone do you know we could do that with cgi and it'll look better. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nope, 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 right? And at the end, right, you notice in the film that he strips off to turn into the leopard, yeah? mm-hmm. right? At the end of the film, Hellboy punches him twice, it changes into the leopard, and when it changes back, he's got his full body kit back on. That's like, <laughs> eh? You've just seen him running around naked. But he's going, what? Man.
0: Oh. oh, Oh, Neil Marshall, really? Yeah.
1: What's <laughs> happening with Neil? Okay. We are considering that Neil Marshall made Dog Soldiers, which is yes.
0: absolutely,
1: phenomenally good. Yeah. What? It, it's <laughs> really <laughs> odd, yeah. I think he went on holiday. I think he went on holiday, and when he phoned up and went, is the film done? <laughs> yeah, you've going to be pleased with it. I bet you when he went to see the cinema, he was like, who did this? This is your movie. mate. What? <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, uh, I have a feeling Neil Marshall probably checked out at a certain point. I think he
1: did. (laughs) I think he he goes, that check, beautiful.
0: Yes, I'm done. <laughs> uh, and so, so yeah, because I, I, you know, I, I, I do agree that sometimes the CGI is a little bit odd and jarring. I mean, I, but I did kind of enjoy this character, you know, which if folks are wondering is actually present in the Hellboy comics. He has a very colorful history in the comics, but more about that later. He could almost be considered, I guess, that all oh, the reason he's here. Is to be obviously, a, I assume, a parallel to Hellboy. As while Hellboy is possibly trying to negate and refuse his destiny by sawing off his horns and constantly doing what he can to deny his dark side, I think Ben is very similar in that because he's using the serum to suppress that weird jaguar that that lurks inside him and that's uh, fight- jaguar. Yeah,
1: that's it, yeah. jaguar
0: yeah when also and the weird jaguar, no less you know it's a great yeah, I love that name i mean that you know he obviously has this weird jaguar that looks inside him and that's fighting against the beast within so i that's i suppose is why he's here i mean I'd added to that you know he's very much that kind of hardened military man and he's kind of has this air of natural bad and nobility, and I think he's also cons- concerned about what Hellboy will become. And I did like that rather than try to kill him in the end, he decides to join him. And from the get-go, you know, when these two, uh, you know, tensions aside are together, I like that they became the best of friends, and they do complement each other very mm. well. But yeah, I think that the CGI could have been done a little better, and I think maybe the money did not go on these effects. Yeah, I-, I-, yeah. I think it might have done, but eh, I wasn't happy with it either. <clears throat> So let's... Yeah? No, go on. Yeah, I was okay, just agreeing so, so, with you. <laughs> so let's get to the dark side of the table here. Okay. Starting first with our two appetizers before the main event, we are, of course, talking about Grugak, voiced by Stephen Graham and physically portrayed by Douglas Tate and uh, Baba Yaga voiced by Emma Tate and physically portrayed by Troy James. So, you know, I I remember when we talked, um, the Golden Army, one of your favorite things from the Hellboy movies are the creatures. Yeah. What did you make of Grugak and Baba Yaga?
1: Right. Grugak was the only reason this film is an R rating. (laughs) Yes. Right. And, and oh right i'm gonna pull it again right now bless him Stephen. what's his name Stephen, um, Stephen graham yeah Stephen graham who was in Paris of the caribbean right yep. he is a fantastic and phenomenal actor he's a scouse yeah and here he is doing a london accent with a little bit of scouse and i was thinking man i only just watched him in a, in a series where he, i think he was playing a welshman but with a Scouse accent a little bit. And I was thinking, come on, man, you could do better than that. And his character, I liked, you know, to be fair, I liked his character in this. He was, it's perfect. You know, he's, he's, you know, I know he was just swearing left, right, and center, but mm. to me, I liked it. Absolutely liked it. He, he he was the perfect man for the perfect creature. Um, And it's very much remnant of, um of, uh, the tutorial uh, uh, Hellboy films. But also, I've seen that design a lot of times, you know, Good. especially with, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well done, yes. That's yeah, exactly right. where I went yeah. the Teenage Mutant
0: oh, Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah, straight away. Um, I think that, you know, but I did like the, uh, the aspect of that he was um, a changeling. And um, me and my son, we sat down and watched a a, a couple of years ago. But it's been on Netflix called uh, Troll Hunter. Yes. Uh, Not the phenomenally. Great Norwegian film, but the animated film by the Toro, right? And you've got a changeling in that as well. So, so my son knows about this changeling sort of thing. So, so uh, but to see it actually, you know, especially the bit where Hellboys go, I'm, I'm gonna kill you, you know I mean? and he changes, but it was great. I liked him. I did like him. I thought um, he was he was good for the film. He was the best thing in it. um Even though his accent was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> And what did you make of our witch?
0: What did you make of Baba Yaga?
1: Right. John Wick looked mashed in this, didn't he? <laughs> Oh, my God. After being chucked off that building, no wonder he looks like that. All his face is knackered, you know, and he's got no legs. God. Yeah, and, and considering this has got uh, Ian McShane in it, I mean, it's not the first film, there, but it's got Baba Yaga, in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but um, I liked her. I did uh, I thought the creature design actually in that uh was was fantastic. Um and uh, I'm I'm not too sure if in the comics that's the you no know, the the cabin that she lives in if that is actually where she lives in the comics but that reminded me of uh Howl's Moving Castle. Yes, uh, that kind of thing. Um I did I loved it. I loved the design <laughs> especially when she wants that eye and she wants to seal it with a kiss. Ah! Yeah and I was trying to work out who um played portrayed her um in the in the film because I bet you she's done a lot of that
0: uh, is it a, is it a girl or is it a, a Yeah man? the voice the voices imitate yeah, and uh, physically it's a, it's Troy James yeah um yeah.
1: cuz I've seen that kind of movement in a couple of horror films and I wonder if it's the same guy uh, guy yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. Troy James yeah. it's a guy yeah yeah, yeah so uh you can never be too sure nowadays sorry folks uh <laughs> but uh, yeah you could um yeah i'm, I'm sure i've seen a base done no end of horrors based on no end of horrors but it looked great dead yep. creep uh if i was in that i would have pooped my pants
0: that's,
1: <laughs> oh, that's how great that is that is a proper good um i'll tell you what it also reminded me of um there was a horror film that came out not long ago put the crappy up me uh, um i'm sure that i'm sure it's um uh, produced by the toro as well it was called um uh, mama yes that was him yeah. as well yeah um i think the design of the face is very very similar to baba yo of course she's got two eyes in this but um if it, that's another thing if any of the uh, listeners want to go off and see see go onto youtube and put in mama the original little short film man it's crazy crazy no wonder they wanted to make it into a film but uh yeah i thought she was great absolutely great
0: yeah and uh, and also i mean definitely kudos to both troy james for physically portraying baba yaga and imitate does a fantastic blood curling kind of very creepy russian voice there i mean i you know myself being a big fan of the fantasy genre like you an aspect i of course have always loved about the hellboy universe is the colorful creatures and monsters as much as they may not be as, as cool or visually arresting as We've got the angel of death in the golden army, which is probably the gold standard when it comes to great creatures. But I really enjoyed, like you, both of these Baba Yaga, possibly more so of a Grugak, but. With When it comes to Grugak, I suppose that kind of anthropomorphic warthog or wild boar, I mean, it's hard to tell what he is. I did somewhat get, like you, that vibe of Bebop from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, when's yeah. Rocksteady going to turn up? Um, and I did it at times times did throw me for a loop sometimes. The voice is great fun. Stephen Graham, you can tell he's just having a ball with this. Mm, absolutely. And, uh, And and what what kind of threw me was this creature's incredibly bloodthirsty and violent. And and some of the scenes in which he literally disembowels people was pretty brutal. Mm. Other than that, you know, he did, I suppose, serve more as the physical threat for Hellboy to fight, like, say, the trolls we get in this movie as well. And though at times I did find him comical, there's also very much that psychotic and dark side of him, which made him creepy as well. But the Queen of Creepy is certainly Baba Yaga. As this character, like you were pointing out, is very Del Toro esque in her design and the way she behaves. And I think they very much wanted to get more gore and horror like qualities in this film, say, over fantasy in aesthetics but every time baba yaga was on screen i was a very happy camper and hopefully if we ever do get a hellboy movie done right like the first two were Mm. we hopefully will get another baba yaga which actually brings me neatly to the trolls which we briefly got did you like the trolls
1: i did um the three trolls in um do you mean the three giant trolls? Yeah, the giants, yeah, the giants, yeah, yeah. I did. I I liked that whole sequence. I thought it was great. You know what I mean? It was uh Hellboy having fun killing trolls. It was I, I loved it. It reminded me very much of uh like an R-rated BFG, to tell the truth. <laughs> but uh it was great. You know, the effects in it were good. Um and in one respect, uh you could say it was li- literally the way the way they planned it out, it was like a uh final destination in the troll world that one axe went down, he bent over, head goes down, axe comes up, axe chops leg off, you know, it was all in sequence sort of thing. Um, I but great. I absolutely loved it. I had a bought. It was one of my favorite scenes, actually, those with the trolls, especially, <laughs> especially he goes, uh, um, he goes, what have you been eating? He goes, oh yeah, English people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's yeah.
1: great. I did, if, like I did like
0: that. That's one, maybe, sort of, saving grace of this film, because if they ever made a a video game as blood, bloody and gory as the, as the film, and they made a video game of the Hellboy, this movie, I would play it only to fight the giants. That's what I would do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get to our big bad in this. The Blood Queen herself, Mila Jovovovich, as Vivienne Nimue, who, of course, has been in tons of things. You know, I mainly, of course, wanted to name, of course, the fifth element. Uh, Res- the, all the Resident Evil franchise, of course, and also apparently is a folk rock recording artist, as she's already put out two albums thus far. And I was actually pretty impressed by her music. Folks, if you have, you know, your Pandora's or your Spotify's handy, check out her band because she's actually not bad at all. So when it came to this character, Jamie, what did you make of our big bad? And are you a fan of, Mi- of Mila's at all? Um, I am.
1: A, I-, I like her. I like I like her in the fifth element. I like her in her early stuff. Now this, <sighs> the the last of the famous, uh, accents. Her accent, doing an English accent, was the worst.
0: The worst.
1: I, I yeah. I'm just thinking, who was the coach? This is awful. Three actors, all American actors, doing English doing English accents yet the you know apart from uh ian McShane, of course the 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 uh, yeah and the other english people all got killed off right it was her i just oh my god you know i don't know where she got it from i don't know where she's got, and she's married to an englishman so sure she knows what english sounds like none of this from britain sounds like oh my god right okay right let's get past her accent it's terrible but let's get past it right um I've started to see Millie as the queen of cheap horror. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's starting to be one of those B uh, B star video, you know, on the shelves. You know, she, she's
0: she's kinda she director video of horror movies.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I absolutely loved the first Resident Evil. I really Great. did. And I'm a big fan of the of the of the video game um number two okay yeah yeah i enjoyed that and then it just started going downhill really really fast um and then of course she's been in uh, in fact she's in a brand spanking new one called uh monster hunter which is based off a video game which i've got to watch but I've not seen it yet, so I can't say what her accent is in it, but no doubt she's portraying some kind of kick-ass army, ex-army person or something in it. Um, she's, as the going off the thing, and that's the blood queen. Um, yeah, I liked her. I liked her as the blood queen, but uh, if 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 I was going to cast that role, I would have got um, Tilda Swin- Swinton. Oh, <laughs> good choice. Yeah, yeah um because the, the moment millie shows up she looks beautiful of course and i would expect uh, a real evil person witch blood queen to be absolutely beautiful but tilda can look very very beautiful as well
0: mm-hmm. but
1: she's she has got that wicked side to her uh millie nah <laughs> you know <what> i mean <laughs> but um yeah i, I like yeah she was all right but the role was terrible the role was terrible didn't like didn't really like her in in this much, but, but she did. What did she have to do? She was mostly armless for most of it, weren't she? Really, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, and made just kind of you because know, she spoke more than she really did anything else. Yeah, I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. So yeah, it was because that's why I think that that's the reason probably why they gave us Grugak because they yeah. wanted to have something for Hellboy to really fight. I mean, as as I'd mentioned, you know, I'm a big fantasy buff, and of course, if you start throwing in Arthurian legends and all that Arthurian stuff. I'm all, I'm all in. I love, you know, the whole, yes. all the Arthur stuff, the King Arthur saga, yeah. and so,
1: and I'm, I'm so like, true. you I love King Arthur. The, I love the King Arthur, uh, legend. Well, being a Brit, I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, when they started shoving that into the mix, uh, the beginning of it sounded really good. Imagine if they, if they said that she was more, um, uh, Morgan, the Fay. Yes. Imagine if they said she was Morgan, um, then it would, I think the story could have really made sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then that would have given that why King Arthur was there. Yes. Because, you know what I mean? That would, and I would, have, uh, I would have really believed that. And, and especially the opening scenes set at Pendle Hill, um, I've actually been there. I've actually mm-hmm. been there. It's only, 50 miles, it's only about 55 miles away from where I live. I can tell you now, it doesn't look, look nothing like that. <laughs> it, it is a Bronze Age burial site near it. Um but the next time I go up there I'm gonna be going
0: Millie Millie Well next kind of time that. you do, um please say, please share some pictures of Jamie because yeah. I really wanna yeah. see yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> I will do uh, I mean, I'm sure that folks may have found a, a little bit off, though, that all these things we would see in Hellboy is him wielding Excalibur, which some folks might find a little bit crazy. It does happen. And I did like the conversation he had with Merlin as well, which was fun because, you know, as mentioned before, you know, both of us, you know, enjoying uh, all the King Arthur stuff. It was cool to have uh, Merlin as well. I mean, you can make the argument that though she's our big bad, Nimue does not get as much to do as Grugak, for example. I mean, she, she, you know, because she fully represents that temptress in Hellboy's life. Almost to me, it made me think of like she's almost like the Emperor Palpatine to Hellboy's Anakin Skywalker, yeah, in the sense that she's like, come over to the dark side, we have cookies and all this kind of thing. So I kind of got that Palpatine, Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader thing going on. Mm. She does, I think, want to purge the world of humanity, of course, and let creatures reign in what she calls the new world, which I guess could maybe be compared to what Prince Nuada wanted in The Golden Army. And I think like Nuada, Nimue feels fully justified in what she's doing, and she's actually going to usher in this new and wonderful era, give the planets back to nature and those who inhabit it. But at the same time, like any evil sorceress, she also gets her psychotic moments, and the times we do get to see her use her powers was impressive and well done. Though I, I, here's the thing. I was thinking to myself, the way she gets killed, you know, when obviously you, know, when Hellboy severs her head and she's like kind of laughing, and then he throws her head into, well, into hell basically. What <laughs> did you make of the ending? How the, the, of the ending of this film? And you know that that you know the way that she got her just desserts, if you will. Um, I, I did
1: like the 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 way he said, "Don't get ahead of yourself" or something like that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he threw her head in. Um, that whole scene, that whole scene where you actually saw. creatures they seem to be uh, you get the feeling that that was an afterthought like they've got so far into the film they thought do you know we, we need some big creatures you know for this ending um because it's just two people fighting in uh st paul's um but i did like the the character designs for the big titans that were walking through london um mm. and they did look very much like a totoro film didn't they the the way yes. they were designed um but they were very very quick very very quick and you can understand why you, it's got the r rating with that especially when there's a guy walking around with knives for feet just <laughs> stabbing people and they're all piled up on his legs um yeah uh, and that uh, the big time the walks through um uh, uh london bridge Tower yeah. Bridge, sorry walks through it uh, but um that quickly got undone really really super quick when they when they finally de- decapitated the blood queen um and then everything got just sucked back and repaired um so i was thinking ah yeah that seemed like they'd done the film and they thought ah, you know what i mean we need some we need something else If you know what I mean, it's very similar. This ending is very, very, very similar to another uh, funny enough English horror film that came out in the 80s. One of my personal favorites called Life Force, which takes place in St. Paul's and it's with a sword. And um, he the 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 hero actually puts the sword through himself and the, the the vampire. This beautiful woman vampire through him in St. Paul's as the life force is being sucked into this big, massive ship that's in Haley's Comet. Um, but that 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 if you if it, you know, you've, you have your listeners ever get a chance to, you know, I think it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime. But it's a fantastic film and that has got a better ending than what I thought that Hellboy did. <laughs> it just seemed, you know, I mean, it just seemed like they got so far, uh, and they thought, Ugh, you know, what I mean, well, it's mm. just two people in a quick, sla- a quick slash, and uh, the head's gone, and <laughs> we need something else. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. the, the the only real good bit of that film, uh, of that ending, should I say, is the Ian McShane bit. Even though I didn't want to see him being offed when he came back and told him that he loved Hellboy, um, which was great. I did love that scene. What you know. Absolutely. And of course, that's where Excalibur is kept, underneath St. Paul's. <laughs> Who would have yeah. thought? Exactly.
0: Um,
1: and it was great, like you say, it was great to see Merlin. And <laughs> I was expecting Merlin to say, thanks for that, mate. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he virtually said, we used to pull my power for that. Cheers. <laughs> so it was really i, I liked it I, I, you know i like those there was so many elements in this film that i really really did like mm. um as a whole i did enjoy the film um but when you when you're being nitpicking and you know me i like being nitpicker <laughs> there's so much to nitpick in this film <laughs> so much yeah um it is an easy target for sure yeah 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 but the ending is very it's very low key if you if they didn't have those big creatures walking around the ending is quite low key and and also do you know that bit where um, where he picks up um is it excalibur and he sees yeah. uh, and he sees a possible future yes that looks exactly like the the future that ron perlman saw ron perlman's hellboy saw in uh, is it the original hellboy you know with the with the city all on fire with the i
0: believe open? oh no i think that's actually the vision that the de- that death shows, a Liz. I believe, if wow. memory serves. Yeah, yeah. But it's, very,
1: it's its literally the same thing, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. It except, is. Except, uh, except they did
0: it better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. we did, of course, get that callback to Rasputin as well and stuff, which was a bit odd. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I agree. And so, so this is going to be interesting. Then, what do you give this movie out of ten? Out of
1: ten, I'll give it. Um, uh, an eight and a half for for trying. I mean, mm. it would have been higher if they could get the accents right, maybe. Right. Uh, but an uh, an eight and a half for the simple fact is, Hellboy kind of looked like Hellboy the way he is in the comic, you know, face wise. Yeah. Um, and the coloring of him wasn't as red, and he had more scars on him. Um, mm. and uh, well, he, he did his best. You know, he, you know, Harbour did his best. For what he's got and i bet you he signed up to this thinking ah oh, this is going to be a
0: trilogy nope killed it in the crib literally. Um, literally literally i mean you know what but that's that's very generous though on your part i'm actually going to be slightly less generous than you because i'm i'm actually going to this a seven out of ten as yes it's not the del todo films But if you do look at it as a popcorn fair fantasy action movie, it can be quite enjoyable. I mean, the Del Toro films are certainly superior in many aspects. But if a movie, I think, is about gaining enjoyment from it, then this film certainly had me entertained. So it did do that.
1: This is the this is this Hellboy film is a changeling version of a Hellboy three we could have got. Ah, I see what you did there. Mm. Well played,
0: sir. Yeah. And, yeah. and here's the thing, though. Before we actually get to I get to reading recommendations here, Jamie. At this point, would you like to see another Hellboy movie, or do you think we should kind of leave the franchise alone for the time being? What a proper Hellboy three, maybe mm-hmm.
1: proper Hellboy three uh, with Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But if they want to go down the route and do another one of these ones, yeah, yeah um i've seen worse films get sequels uh than this and like i say i think i think this could go somewhere you know what i mean there's plenty of scope yeah right we've gone down the r rating let's carry it let's push him let's get people that he's he, he's more familiar with because we do know there's there's the um uh mid credits uh scene where yeah. it's ape, he finds ape sapien to me missed opportunity they should have had him at the beginning that he needs to get that he needs to get that team of familiar familiar you know what i mean that we know and i right. think that would uh, get more fans on board for this And definitely get um, it would have been great to see Ron Perlman have a little bit of a cameo in it, not with an English accent because he can't do them either. either, (laughs) Right. But um, there is plenty of scope to go to do another one. But Mm -hmm. I can't understand with so much fan loving the original two and so much push for a third that they decided to spend all that cash on this one. And then, then uh, when it didn't do very well, for them to go,
0: oh, I wonder why. Hmm."
1: (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It (laughs) It doesn't make sense.
0: Exactly. Ask yourself a question.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, this could be like the the disney's versions of the trilogy sequels. Why didn't Last Jedi not work? Maybe it's because you split the fans in half. Uh, Yeah, Mm. I suppose. Uh, Yeah, it's like this. It's good. Um, You know, it's not one that I'll never watch again um and like i said i, I watched it here on my, i've got it on the pc and I, I watched it as i was just diddling about on some um some programs and some designing and yeah it's great yeah I, li- I liked it i'll watch it again apart from those bloody ugh, english <laughs> accents apart from that um in fact i might do myself a favor and watch it in a foreign language with uh english subs and it'll probably be the, a, a better film
0: you know what that might be an interesting uh, interesting experiment because i ha- own this film on on blu-ray actually which i know sounds crazy but i do and um i actually will watch it next time dubbed in italian and see what it's like because i don't like watching dubbed movies but i know italian dubbers are very well known for being very good so i will check it out as, as dubbed and see if it's it gives me yeah, a different vibe, yeah. but I did enjoy it. And, and I agree with you. I would love to get the, the famous Hellboy three, because it has been numerous times, well, numerous occasions, Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro have said they want to make this movie, but I guess the opportunity never arose. And then, you know, the folks came along and said, okay, we're going to do another Hellboy movie, you know, kind of screw you two. We're going to do this movie anyway. And, yeah. um, but apparently both del Toro and Perlman have, Said numerous times they want to pick up this franchise again, so I'm hoping we will eventually get this because the characters are great, the story's great, and you know with today's you know special effects and what have you, and great directors, you can really do something special. So yeah, yeah. I, I think this this uh, we definitely need to keep the the Hellboy franchise yeah. alive. Um, that, yeah,
1: oh, I was going to say Nick, because um, you know more about uh, the comic books and that. On the on the on the last end of credit scene with Bobby Diego, right? Who's she talking to? I ain't got a clue.
0: Hmm. Oh, oh women, I trying to think because yeah, because we got. Uh, oh yes, in fact, I you know I have no clue to be honest. I was wondering myself who could who it could possibly be. Did so, you have an idea? Well,
1: it's I think it's some with somebody with a, like a Mexican uh, accent, but that could say it, it could be an English guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it, know. I don't
0: know. It could be okay. anybody. I, I, I was unsure, but to answer your question that you put out earlier about the moving house that she's in, that is actually a prison they put her in. Also in the comics as well, it's basically a prison that keeps moving and that she can't leave. And yeah. uh, that's that's the concept behind it in the comics also. That so, would have been a, a a really good film.
1: Why didn't they do that with her? Because because he's just saying the film, doesn't he? You know what I mean that that he imprisoned her. Well, why yes. didn't we see that? That would have been a really good film.
0: Yeah. Or we could even see the origin of how she lost her eye to him and their first encounter, which I'm hoping they might draw on in future movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe do like a prequel of uh, just a full full on Baba Yaga film. Yeah, I think this character can carry a movie. I think, only think she can. So <sighs> it'll be interesting that. to see i interested to see. Um, so yeah, folks, when it comes to reading recommendations, you know, this film actually draws on three big storylines from the comics, which I cannot suggest enough you folks check out. If you dig this film or hate, just want to see how it differs from the comics. And those three volumes answer the names of Darkness Calls, The Wild Hunt, and The Storm and the Fury. And they are basically a trilogy with the Hellboy having broken away from the BPRD and enc- encountering quite a few interesting characters in his wanderings. He faces Baba Yaga. You get the Wild Hunt, of course, which is where uh, the one in the movie is inspired from. And it does introduce the character of Alice Monahan in it. And it's just so much fun to read. And then you get the mega saga, which culminates with the Storm and the Fury where we get the showdown between Hellboy and the Blood Queen. And needless to say, folks, wacky weirdness ensues. But the Blood Queen definitely gets a lot more to do than, M- than Mila Jovovich's Nimue did. And when it comes to you, Jamie, did you have anything else you wanted to recommend or anything like that? Because I know you're quite the horror buff. So um, you could make some great comparisons to that, uh, or if you think folks would enjoy other movies akin to this. Um, well, uh... Apart from, you know, watch the other two
1: uh, Hellboy films mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. the the animated uh, two films, I think they brought out as well. I was just trying to think what they were called. But I know that Ron Perlman does the, the voice of, yes. um, of, of Hellboy in them. But um, some some really good horror films. Um, do you know, uh, like I, th- I think I've already said a couple on the show, so um, definitely uh, Life Force. That's a great film. Um, I'd like to see that get remade, to tell the truth. And that has got a very young... Patrick Stewart is in it as well, um, wow. and it's uh, it's a great film. All filmed on, in the in Britain, of course, uh, with 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 real Brits, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's a fantastic story about space vampires. Uh, in, th- in fact, I think the book is called Space Vampires. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> a proper beamer, but the but the effects in it, even though it's been some time, I remember watching it. You know, when I was a kid and thinking, God damn. <laughs> oh my god it's, it's really really good um of course there's uh the poltergeist 2 which i said you know with the with the creature i, I love the poltergeist films um so a new film I'm trying to think what new film that i saw uh, which uh, i thought was very very creeper um uh i tell you what go for the, one of my favorite films the ritual uh which is i can't even say it the ritual <laughs> The ritual <laughs> yeah, ritual right based on North, uh, and nor um uh nor- norwegian Northic, north Northed? north i can't even say that <laughs> you know you know the viking stuff the no okay uh legend
0: like norse mythology
1: that's it norse mythology thank you nick no right, problem. right um norse you know and it's got this fantastic creature design in this woods uh that these uh these guys are walking through and if i'm and uh here's a little uh segue actually the toro saw the design of the creature and he absolutely loved it he thought it was the one of the best creature designs he'd seen in a long long time definitely go and see that film and that's on netflix that film
0: oh okay well i mean heck if it gets praised from del toro then you know it's definitely worth watching oh, for sure yeah. yes so dear listeners if you want to be like the wonderful Jamie and join us here on the show to discuss a movie of your choice feel free to shoot us an email at happinessanddarknesshow at gmail.com we also really appreciate your thoughts and feedback about the show you can reach out to us with those also at happinessanddarknesshow at gmail.com feel free to show your support by giving us a like on Facebook where you'll find us as happinessanddarkness you can follow us on Twitter we're at Pod, or on Instagram under hindarkness also if you'd like to support the podcast of feeling generous you can check out the great tiers we have going on on Patreon there you'll be able to Pick films to go outside of what are considered regular superhero movies, or even just films inspired by comics, like say 300, or Road to Perdition, or I Kill Giants, Death Note, and more, or, or even films which inspired comics such as Aliens, or Robocop, or Terminator, and more. To check all that out, you can head to Patreon. That's Patreon.com/HappinessInDarkness. So, Jamie, when it comes to you and what you do, where can our fine listeners find you and your great work on the interwebs?
1: um basically i'm the host of two podcasts radio free Endor and Ghostheads and ghost heads uk um but I've, there have been a bit on hiatus from christmas till now i'm i'm promise i'm going to be doing some new episodes very very soon especially with the bad batch that are coming up on for my star wars one that's on disney plus for ghost heads i'm going to be doing um well when there's some new news about the new Ghostbusters film because they keep pointing it back. I'll probably do something. But um, I've got I've got something I've got something lined up which uh, which should hopefully please a lot of fans. Anyway, so uh on Twitter you can find me at radio free endor and Ghostheads is at ghostheadsuk I am at jamie underscore r underscore burns my emails are Radiofreeendor at gmail.com for anything Star Wars related, and ghostheadsuk at gmail.com for anything Ghostbusters related. Um, and I'm always looking for ghost stories and feedback and anything. Anything. Absolutely. Hit me up.
0: Very, very well done. Very well played there. When it, when it comes to me, for you country music lovers, I also host the radio show Whiskey and Cigarettes, where we play today's country, traditional country, and everything else in between. For more about that and where to tune in, you can visit our website, that's whiskeyandcigarettesshow.com. Podcast-wise, feel free to also check out our project, Gold Standard, the Oscars movie podcast, where with co-hosts Zan Sprouse and Rachel Friend we're reviewing all the movies that won the Oscar for Best Picture, from 1927's Wings to the present day. Should any listeners wish to join us for a discussion, you can email us for a guest spot on goldstandardoscars at gmail.com or just share your thoughts and feedback about a certain movie goldstandardoscars at gmail.com we love hearing from you guys and we appreciate the follow and support also uh i have recently joined those wonderful gentlemen who answered the names of charles skaggs and jesse jackson on the fandom zone where we've been reviewing that marvel goodness or mcu goodness which is Division. and soon of course our discussion of the finale will be coming out and also I'm also part of Titan Talk the Titans podcast but we are that's currently on hiatus as we're waiting for the new seasons of Titans and Doom Patrol. And speaking of things to come on this show next week we'll be joined by Holly McMiller and Christine Peruski to discuss the 2013 Jeff Wadlow film Kick-Ass 2. That said when it comes to you Jamie I want to thank you so much again for joining me today and you're definitely welcome back on Happiness and Darkness anytime
1: i've absolutely enjoyed it you know me love coming on this show and talking about uh, uh, comic book films love it it's absolutely fantastic you know thanks for inviting me and uh, i look forward
0: to coming on again it's certainly always a pleasure well folks thanks as always for listening to the show and supporting us we will see you next week with holly christine and kick ass too until then stay super ciao my people